This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game and today we have a special person on the show, and it is not Kyle. <laughs> it's Miss Danielle Willits from Little Dog Social Media, uh, somebody that we use personally in Florida Risk. And I wanted to get Danielle on here to talk a little bit about what her company does. But she had an awesome idea in terms of talking about digital footprint and presence due to COVID. So before we get into all of that, Ms. Danielle, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you're at? Usually we have agency owners or producers on here. So everybody either worked for Enterprise Rent-A-Car or in the restaurant industry or, uh, industry or whatever else. You're a little different story. You're not even an agent as far as I know. Um, so why don't you give us a little bit of backstory and we'll go from there. All right. Sounds good. So you are right. Not an insurance agent, but know a lot about insurance agencies and a lot about insurance agency social media. So uh, so I started Little Dog about seven years ago and um, since then have grown uh, to be servicing about 800 agents across the country, managing their social media presence. Everything from um, their Facebook page to Instagram, Google My Business, LinkedIn, YouTube, um, and really making their business shine on, on all those different platforms. Um, in addition to that, we also help agents with their website and then their digital footprint um, online. So anything pretty much that an agency owner needs in the social or digital footprint, we can do it. Um, that also includes email signatures. Seems like email signatures are a hot topic nowadays um, with having branded email signatures. Nobody really knows how to do those, but they want the cool, fun, branded ones. Can't seem to get anybody to design those for them or to hook them up. Um, so a lot of agents are reaching out to us for branded email signatures. So pretty much a huge resource for any agency who's looking for any help in in the social or digital um, areas. So how did you get to the insurance niche? That, that's my question because you said you know a lot about agencies. I know you know a lot about agencies. I just want to know why that was the angle that you went. And number two, is there any other vertical market that you play in outside of the agency space? All right. That's a good question. So how we got started in the insurance industry was, um, it's a great local story. Our, we had two independent agents or two agents that were brothers here in our local town. And um, they had been together for a long time. Then they decided that they wanted to separate and go their own ways and each have their own agency. So the one brother came to us and asked us, hey, listen, I'm brand new out on my own. I need a website. I need internet marketing. I need social media. And of course, this is seven years ago. So believe it or not, it was still, how do you create a Facebook page, right? <laughs> so, so that was, um, how do I get found on the internet is, is, how, we, is, is how far back we go. Um, so we said, okay, great. We'll help you. We'll help you get, you know, make your make your mark and, and kind of separate from your brother. And um, and from there, um, you know, as it goes in the insurance world, um, he told his friend, right? He told one of his friends, hey, th these guys know what they're doing. This is working out really well for me. 
And then from there, um, he told everybody kept telling their friends, all the insurance agents kept telling their friends. Before we know it, we had about 35 insurance agents that we were working with. Hmm. And from there, I was like, hey, I like this. I think there's I, I, I like insurance marketing. This this is this is definitely the niche that I want to be in. So from there, we started um, reaching out and going to, um, you know, outside our town limits and going to uh, Chamber of Commerce meetings and getting people involved. Um, and there um, then from there, we, you know, just did that, you know, the, the daily grind of, hey, how can we network? How can we find it? And then um, we got picked up by some carriers, actually, where um, the carriers would um, you know, an insurance agent would need help and the carrier would provide co-op services for, for our services. So that's really when we started to skyrocket a little bit once we got a couple carriers under our belts um, and the, the referrals just kept pouring in from there. Um, then I realized that I could also um, make a mark with um, the big eye and partner with associations. So, um, you know, we have, um, you know, we're, we're very active in the MAIA up in Massachusetts and the IAV in Virginia. Um, and then I, of course, I reached out to the PIA, right? So it one, one step just kept going to the next, to the next, the next, did a, a lot of travel, of course, went to the IAOA, found that that was an opportunity for us to get in um, and join there. Um, and then from there, we have just really focused um, probably 98% of our resources into the insurance industry. Now, we don't really focus on any other industries per se. However, if an insurance agent has a brother who has a car dealership or a bakery or um, they're an optometrist and they want our help, we will go ahead and, you know, and help them out as well. But our main market is insurance. That's the only place that I market. That's the only space that I really want to play in. Um, but, um, but of course, I don't want to turn anybody down. That, it, it, that is a referral of, of, of one of my agents. Well, listen, I mean, I think that speaks volumes that you're in that niche and you know that much about it. I don't think that any of us that own agencies would be nearly as inclined or as excited about using you guys as we, you know, as we are, if you were out there trying to be all things to all people. I mean, specifically, I can only speak obviously expertly about my own agency, but we don't try and be all things to all people. We know what we're good at. We, we know we know what lane we're going to stay in. And as a result, we've had some success there. Um, Kyle, you, you know, nobody can see us recording this except us. We, we do this so that we can make hand signals or stuff when we're recording. But you probably saw me close my eyes and shake my head when you started talking about Chambers of Commerce and, and Kyle started to laugh. I despise chambers of Okay, <laughs> I absolutely despise it. And I'm not saying that chambers are bad. That, that that's not, please don't get me not liking something confused with it being a bad idea. There's a long story behind that. We had an operations person here at Florida risk and I brought them in specifically to work on like operations. Like I want you to run the agency and their answer to everything was, we need to join this chamber. We need to join, <laughs> join this chamber. And I kept trying to articulate, this isn't what we do. This isn't the, you know, the, the businesses that we represent may be a member of a chamber of commerce. They're never there. You know, the networking events, the CFO of a $50 million company is not hanging out next to the Noni mm. Juice lady at the chamber meeting. Okay, <laughs> It's just, you know, it's not happening. So there lots of history and... Um, inside jokes about that, which I will come. What a time that was. But I will come full circle. I don't remember exactly which account it was. You might, Kyle, but I mean, there was, there ended up being some relatively large piece of business that we wrote Mm -hmm. because of this, this person being involved with the chamber somehow. I don't remember. I begrudgingly admitted it. Yeah. I don't remember the specific account but i do remember it happening <laughs> and, now, and now we're members at like 10 different chambers yeah exactly <laughs> we, we collect chamber plaques so <laughs> between between david and i we are owners of now four little dogs so how did we arrive at well, mine's not so yeah mine's not so little but I mean, I, yeah go ahead looked, talk a little looked, bit about the name he looked little whatever <laughs> well, the, but the puppy is mr yeah. tanner who is basically Hey, um, you named him. Tanner. His name is Mr. Tanner. No, his name uh, is Tanner. Uh, not, not as not as good. Call him I Mr. Know. Tanner. 
Look, dude, it's been a long time since we've just been able to shoot the breeze. So there's been so many changes at our house that you're not aware of. Like sure. we've already scrapped Ethan's police car and got rid of that for a full size. No, he got a full size one of those like four by four golf cart things that people drive into the woods. <laughs> like a gator? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like a gator. Yeah, kind of like a gator, but it's more like a it's kind of like a cross between a four wheeler and a dune buggy and a golf cart. If you mixed all of those together, okay. it's not a, it's not the gas powered thing. It's electric powered. Oh, okay. okay, but it goes four times faster than the police. Vehicle. All right, I'm on and I'm on board. Plus, you can install a light on top of that bad boy. He can already did. Yeah, already did, and a, and a megaphone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his sister and his sister can ride in the passenger seat, and it's got a jump seat in the back for two more people. That's his his new thing is he drives around the neighborhood picking up cigarette butts that Scotty, my next door neighbor who does nothing but walk around the neighborhood smoking cigarettes all day, throws in people's yards. So now Ethan and Caroline are picking up cigarette butts and then they take them to Scotty's front door and hand them to him. (laughs) Oh, good. Oh, man. Well, Scott, listen, Danielle, Scotty was getting a ticket from Ethan last week. He was in full SWAT gear in his police car, and he was very, very angry about cigarette butts being in our yard. You don't play that shit. Yeah, but what I was going to say is with, with Tanner, Tanner's already a year old, man. I don't even count him as a puppy. Tucker, absolute nightmare. He's like five dogs. <laughs> Terrible. I hate it. I, I mean, I and, and the thing is, we've made this, and we'll get back on track here in a second, but this is worth talking about. We've made a schedule, right? We're at the, I'm at that season of my life, and as is my wife, where we do get up in the middle of the night to use the restroom. So we just said every time we get up, we're already up. Make it a deal. Let them out. Go let them out. Get them out of the cage. Let them out. <sighs> not, not so much. I'm the last guy that wants to be milling across the house at 2.30 in the morning, and I'm so angry. And then when I get there, I look at him, and it's like the cutest dog ever. Yeah. And so right. there's like no way I could ever be mad at him. That's the worst part, man, is the potty training of those guys. It is. It's, Once he's uh, potty training, he's good. That's why Tucker right. – or that's why Tanner's so awesome, man. Like unless yep. he like gnaws off one of my kids' faces in their sleep because he's just got a weird issue that we don't know about. Right. He's like perfect. Well, I love him. There you go. So, so anyways, <laughs> where did little dog come from? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I definitely wanted something fun, right? I was when I was looking for a name and looking for a logo. I was like, man, I want something fun because, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, sometimes things in the insurance industry, well, this is even before the insurance industry. I just wanted something fun. And, and if you remember, like back in the day, it's like uh, it's when the gecko was was popular, you know, and they were doing all that marketing and everybody was gecko, 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 gecko. And I was like, I, I want I want something fun, something that people connect with, something that's really cool. And um, so we were we were thinking about a bunch of different names and we had got a little chihuahua for Christmas. And uh, my oldest kid said, hey, mom, how about little dog social media where you're helping all the little the little all the little people out there, um, the little mom and pop shops with their social media. Um, how about little dog social media? And I was like, that's oh. stuck. Let's go with it. So um, send it to the, my graphic designer. And um, and he came up with with a logo. And, and from that, it where it, it just works really well. And um, and as far as marketing with little dog, I mean, dog owners are good people, right? We people love their dogs. I mean, I can go to a convention or I can talk to a new agency on the phone. And, um, and the relationship is already there because they have a dog, right? Hey, let me tell you about my dog. Hey, you know, here's my dog. He's a chocolate lab. Here's my dog. Um, so it's a really warm and, um, welcoming introduction to, Mm -hmm. to our, to our business as well as, you know, we're your lifelong friend, just like your dog, you know? So, um, so we're loyal. We really want to see your business succeed. And, um, so that's how little dog came, came to Bart and we, you know, send dogs treats and, you know, mm-hmm. frisbees and all kinds of fun things. And David, yours is in the mail for your new dog. So frisbees ah. and tennis balls and treats and, and all kinds of fun things to the dogs. Um, so we really take good care of, of the agency owners dogs at, at, as well. So, um, so it, it's fun. I tell you, I have a, I have a good time. I, uh, 
You know, people will call all the time. They'll look at our website or um, they'll get on there and they'll, they'll see other people's dogs that we have showcased on the website. And they'll say, you know, they're, they're basically sold on our products before they even call us because um, they just it's it's a good feeling. It's a good mm-hmm. feeling that they get from the website. And it's it's a good feeling that they have about the image that we're portraying with, you know, with the family, dogs and social media. I mean, it's one of the easiest ways to build rapport. I mean, when I would when I would go into people's businesses selling office supplies, I mean, if you walk in and there's a dog there, it's like, it, I mean, you're going to close that account if you just talk with them about the dog. Like, it's a done right. deal, like you said. And I mean, even if people are having like a bad day, you talk to them and like you see a picture of their pet and you're able to start talking about that, it immediately flips. So I can tell you like my favorite story of ever walking into a place that had a dog. It is fantastic, by the way. Yeah. Um, I wrote an account that was a huge commercial bakery that is literally across the street from Tropicana Field. Oh. And it was owned by a German guy at the time. It's since sold. When I when I wrote it, it was called Eurobake. Mm-hmm. And I can go on to all kinds of stories about Eurobake. That's how I know about popcorn lung and all of the other <laughs> stuff. You know, we we've some things we've talked about in passing, but yeah, th- the guy was German. He was legit German, like. I would not have been shocked if he was wearing lederhosen when I walked in the front door <laughs> drinking from a stein. Like that's uh, how German he is, but like heavy German accent. And he had a little lap dog that he would like a Yorkie or something like that. Don't know specifically Hardy. If you happen to be hearing this, don't hold it against me. I think it was a Yorkie or something, but the name of the dog was Indy like Indiana oh, Jones. Okay. So if you follow the Indiana Jones movies, you realize there's a unique relationship between Indiana Jones and German people. Now I have a German dude who has a dog named Indy. Indy. And the whole time that I would talk to this guy in his office, he would, I mean, this was a big company, man, like 60, 70 million a year in, in sales. They did. They supplied, they supply these frozen rolls and stuff to a ton of restaurants nationwide. But he would literally sit there asking me questions with his thick German accent while stroking that dog like <laughs> Doctor like Doctor like Evil, yeah. like he would like Doctor Evil stroking Miss Mrs. Bigglesworth or whatever the name of that Mr. Bigglesworth, yeah, Mr. Yeah, that hairless cat Ugh, that he had. Gross. So yeah, but you're right. I mean, it is a good way to make rapport, and I can tell you, you know, just from a marketing perspective, you have a blank. I mean, endless supply of stuff that you can do, and you guys have done a really good job of capturing that in your brand. I mean, whether it's speaking third, you know, from a third person as if you're the pet itself talking to, you know, just the different puns that you can use with pet related words. I think that's pretty cool. Absolutely. And what we find too is agents that have an office dog or really want to showcase that or, you know, their staff dogs or whatever, um, those posts that we make on social media always get a lot of attention. You know, they always, they you know, so, so the dog theme is just something that everybody can connect with. Everybody has a story. If they personally didn't have a dog, um, they know their grandma or their, you know, or somebody has had a dog that they have a good, you know, they, they 99% of the time have a relationship or a story that warms their heart about, about a dog. So it's, it, it's, it's, it's a fun, and like, by the way, if people don't like dogs, then they're really just not going to be a good fit, you know, <laughs> for, for, yeah. like, for like anything in life. I'm sorry. Okay. Do you do you have a dog? Yes or no? <laughs> yeah. And then you can get into the like which breeds are acceptable or right. not. Right. Just like on the insurance policies, right? You know, hey, if you have this pit bull, it might not, it might not, yeah, it might not do that. You know, and that's crazy stuff. But yeah. but yeah, that's exactly right. Sometimes uh, I did have one agent one time who called and he was like, "We don't have dogs, or, you know, we, we're cat people." And, you know, and I'm like, "That's okay." That's sorry, all right. sorry, sorry is about that. I, is it? I don't know if it is. I don't know. <laughs> that it is. Hey, speaking of pit bulls, you know who has a pit bull? Uh, Scotty, no. Scotty, my next door neighbor that throws cigarette butts in course, my yard. Of course he does. Are you, of course he does. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. That's a true fact. <laughs> Which honestly, you know, Ethan has been told numerous times he's not allowed to reprimand Scotty when he has the dog or the dog itself. Because when Caroline was born, I came home to get the stuff to go get her at the hospital and pick her and Annie up. I left the hospital, drove home, Grayson rode with me. And that particular pit bull latched onto Grayson's arm in our front yard. And that's probably the most violently angry I have been in the last 10 years. Yeah, I remember. You, I remember you. We might have been talking about that on another podcast. I remember hearing that story. We might have, but you know, Scotty's 
very well aware that if that dog ever crosses that invisible line again and my kids are in the front yard, that it won't be coming back to the other side. Right. I don't view pit bulls as dogs. I'm sorry. I know that that's probably going to make some people mad, but I think they're hellish creatures and and it's a result of bad ownership. I yeah, it's, we can go it's an ownership thing. It's, it's but... not the breed itself. It, it's right. it's a, a variety of things. So anyhow, one of the things we talked about as we were getting ready for this was the need and the importance for companies to have an online presence. And I want to, you know, I want again, I'm going to going to tell everybody we don't have Danielle on here because she paid to be on here. We don't have her on here because she's a sponsor. We use her at Florida Risk, and I highly recommend her to everybody that ever asks. And I want you to understand how I use her in, in her services because I think that it makes more sense than than what some people you know think that you would use a um, a marketing company for. Okay, and. I like to market. I'm a marketing person. I'm a marketing mind. I like to blog. I like to do video content and all of this stuff that I do. What I don't like to do is that stuff specifically about like educational insurance stuff or the topic of the day or, you know, here's a fun picture that we have or let's do a contest for this or whatever else. But here's what I know. When I reach out to a prospect the very first time, I've got a resume that they're going to look at. Now, I'm not physically handing them a resume or I'm not emailing them a resume, but I've got a resume online. And, and my resume typically looks like my company's website, my LinkedIn profile, and then any other social media assets that Florida Risk Partners has, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, any of that stuff. And I'm well aware that I can use Hootsuite and some of these other things out there if I wanted to take the time to schedule this. But the the main reason why I made the decision to reach out to Danielle and engage with Little Dog is because I want people to see that we have a presence and we're active. I'm not asking them to come in and give me, you know, write a thousand word blog post on additional insured endorsements. I want them to announce what our holiday hours are. I want them to talk about seasonally relevant topics. I want them to link to carrier related things. I want them to help us celebrate big wins in the agency or new clients that we brought on board and whatever else. And so what I like is I don't have to do that. Like I don't have to do anything at all. You may tell you what I have to do. Two things. I get two things every month from Little Dog. I get a report of how we've grown and the interaction that we've had, which is fantastic. And I also get a, a, an email that says, here's what we're going to publish on each of your social channels next month. Now, I read that every month when it comes in. And Melanie, my account groomer, would tell you that she might hear, <laughs> she might hear from me one out of every three times that she sends that email where I might say, eh, let's let's take this and, and change it a little bit or do this or do that. But it's a five-minute process. Mm -hmm. What I get from that is never having to touch social media or, more importantly, touching social media so that I'm truly interacting and engaging with people meaningfully as opposed to just trying to slap up content. So I know that for what I pay every month, which is beyond fair, I'm trying to figure out how you make any money with what you charge. <laughs> but what's beyond fair, you know, is anytime somebody goes to my company's Facebook page, Twitter account, Instagram, LinkedIn page, my personal LinkedIn profile, whatever else, they're always going to see stuff. And they're always going to see stuff that was recently posted. And that's all I could ever ask for. That's what I need. I don't, I don't need you guys coming in and recreating the wheel. And I think that's where... I think that's where a lot of agencies lose focus, right? Is they don't understand the value in that. If you had three agencies competing for a piece of business and I have the social presence that we have and the other people are trying to manage all of that stuff in-house, I'm going to win every time. Mm -hmm. oh, every gotta, single gotta, time. It'll it eat up your entire day. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way. I, I wouldn't be able to do it you know, if I had to keep up with it in-house. So why don't you talk a little bit, Danielle? I mean, now that I've laid the groundwork for kind of how we use you, and I'm sure everybody's going to check out, no pressure, going to check out and see what's on our on our stuff. But why don't you talk a little bit about the services that you offer and, and, and what you're seeing right now? Because if there's ever been a time where a digital footprint, an online reputation, whatever, you know, buzzwords we want to use was important, 
it's right now. I actually just published an article for Agency Nation that I shared on I shared on social today that talks about agencies and what we should be doing and how we should be message you know creating messaging to our clients specifically around our capabilities, right? But there there's no better way to do that than social media. I think a lot of people missed the boat going into COVID because they didn't have the digital footprint and it's too late. Oh, and I I wrote an article that I actually a blog for Killing Commercial that I just po- published this morning that talks about the three kinds of insurance people that are out there. There's adopters, adapters, and do-nothings. Those are the three. And unfortunately, the majority of the people in our industry are adapters or do-nothings. And the adopters are the ones that are reaping the benefits of the fact they were willing to take a risk and invest in things before all of this happened. The adapters are scrambling, trying to figure out if they can can do it. They recognize the need they're trying to. The do-nothings are just sitting back saying, eh, this will pass. We've had a hard market before. Whatever. Mm-hmm. What right. time's my tea time Friday and Thursday <laughs> and Wednesday? I mean, that's where their head is. So why don't you talk a little bit about the services that you like? What, what's an average engagement look like for Little Dog? Good. All, all of those are, are good questions and, and very good statements. And I and I agree um, with, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about before COVID and then kind of after, during COVID and after COVID. So, you know, so before COVID, I feel like agents were saying, yeah, maybe I'll get on social media. Maybe I'll have a good website. Maybe I'll know if, uh, if I'm coming up under keywords, if people are searching for me. And, um, and, you know, but, but it wasn't important. It wasn't, it wasn't as important because uh, they have lots of other things to do, or they weren't doing anything about it, or they didn't want to invest the money in, into it. So I would say before COVID, um, you know, really trying to get people on the social media bandwagon or educating them to tell them, hey, your website hasn't been updated since 1997. It might need to be updated <laughs> you know, at some point. Um, you know, so but then after COVID hit, a lot of people were sold. They were like, hey, man, this new digital experience. Wow, this is exciting. You know, this is exciting. And all these people are spending on time online. And I feel like I need to be on Facebook or I need to be on Instagram or I, I need a website or I need these items. And it's like, yes, you do. Um, but however, you're behind. You have no foundation. So, you know, there, there's nothing out there. There's, there's, you know, I look for you online. I don't see anything. I see your competitors, but I don't see anything for you. So we have a, we have a lot of work to do. Um, and then now after COVID, um, you know, or not after COVID, but where we are now, it seems like more people are making the resolution to say, hey, this is going to be here for a while and I better get on board. Otherwise, I'm going to, you know, have the the consequences of not having a strong digital presence. presence. So when an agency calls us, calls Little Dog and they say, hey, I need, you know, I need social media help. I need website help. Um, you know, it usually falls within a couple of different packages. The first thing I like to talk to them about is their social media journey. Where are you? Why are you where you are? What is your story? And then where are you planning to go? And of course, all of those variables play into how we can help you. A lot of times, you know, agents will say, um, I don't have it because I didn't believe in it and I don't really care. I didn't care about it. So that you know, leads us to help them in that way. Sometimes they say, I've had a horrible social media experience and a horrible website experience. Some guy, you know, I paid some guy a bunch of money. He took my money. He was, you know, he did not, you know, and, and, I, and I, I just lost it. I didn't get anything out of it. So I've had a bad ROI experience, right? Mm-hmm. I had a bad ROI experience. I don't want to trust anybody again. So if I don't want to trust anybody to handle this and I don't have time to do it, it's still, I'm doing nothing. So I'm reaching out to you to see if maybe you can help me, but I'm telling you, I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence because I've had this bad ROI experience. And then, um, so there's there's that category. And then there's the others that say, hey, you were referred to me by my cousin, brother, sister, friend, and, um, and by David, and um, you're doing a great job with them and um, whatever they're doing, I wanna do it. And so let's just let's just do that. So So that typically is the, the the journey or the questions that I ask for an agency and then what are you trying to do right what why why are you coming to me now trying to be on social media is it because you want a better website presence is it because you're trying to do account rounding is it because you just you know you you want to get the likes like what 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 are you trying to do um and then from there we set the goals on what we're trying to do because if you think about social media in in a whole 
Um, there's so many objectives that we can accomplish every single month, right? Is it um, you're trying to hire somebody? Is it you just want a digital presence? Um, you know, do we do we need to gain likes and followers? What is it that we're trying to do? Is it trying to get more reviews? Because um, we can't tackle all those items at the very first month. So we have yeah, to kind exactly. of structure it, structure it a little bit. Um, you know, so from there, um, you know, we, we need to look and there's a lot of back end work. Um, a lot of agents will come to us and I'll say, okay, if this is your, your town of, I'm just going to pick a town, um, Waltham, Massachusetts, let's say. And, um, and this agency has been in that town for 80 plus years. And I go to their Facebook analytics and I look and I see, and five people from their town, like their Facebook page, we got to start with our net really small, right? Like if you've been there for 80 years and you only have yeah, five, five people from your town, like the page, um, I'm not really sure we need to expand nationwide here. We got to get, right, you know, right. we got to get people in your town. So it's a lot of looking at the data as well, right? Like looking at the data and getting a starting point. So after an agent, um, you know, signs up with us or, you know, learns about our packages, we have a couple of different packages Manager Facebook only. Seems like that's like the stepping stone. I just want to put my toe in the water and sit back and relax and I'll just be on, on Facebook. Um, when they sign up for a Facebook only package, we manage their Facebook, which means we write the content. We talk to them about the strategy. We're looking at getting likes. We're managing reviews. We're looking at everything. And then we're reporting on that every single month. We also do boosting and ads for them. So if they want to you know, do boosting and ads, we can come up with that as well. So that's on Facebook only. That that package usually runs them 200 bucks a month, which is pretty easy, pretty reasonable. I would then imagine have, the people that are doing that are are the ones that you said are, you know, kind of late to adapt and maybe who'd get burned or ROI low ROI in, in in the past. Exactly. Yep, they're just what they just want to put their toe in. They just are right. like, "Okay, great. Let's do this. Let's try this." And, um, and also, I think it's also a good starting point to see how our relationship between the agency works. Hey, is this going to work out really well? Um, am I going to like them? Are they going to like me? Am I going to see, you know, some results? Um, so, so that's our Facebook only package. Then we have, you know, you can pick three platforms and that means they can choose Facebook, Instagram, Google, my business, LinkedIn, any of those three platforms that usually runs them about 300 bucks a month. And then we manage all of those platforms. A lot of times it's setting up Instagram, setting, you know, claiming Google My Business, which I'm going to tell you a little bit about Google My Business. Um, you know, it's a social media, it's not really a social media platform, but I consider it a social media platform because of its value. Um, that Google My Business listing um, has the ability to tell us so much data, how many times people have. Um, search for your agency, how many times they click to the website, how many times you've had click the calls, um, looking for that information has, has been really good. And then we can also do keyword posting on that as well. Um, and, and looking at the data, you know, a couple of my um, agents that I've been looking at the data for, um, then, and it says like, how did, how did people find you? And you know, insurance is spelled wrong, right? So many times people spell insurance wrong. They, they put the A and the N backwards, right? All the time. It's it's like a common thing. So, um, so we started spelling insurance wrong in our keyword postings, telling the agent, hey, listen, you're going to see that. You're going to see that yeah. insurance is spelled wrong um, for a reason. It's spelled wrong for a reason down in our keyword posting because we know that in your area and for the last 65 people who found you, they spelled insurance wrong. So let's play on that, right? Let's play on that spelling miss error, error to get people to come to your business. So as long so as two, you know- So two things, two things really quick. The, the first thing is that I think everybody should have a platform that you're comfortable with, that you're operating in all of the time and that you handle, right? Like, so I'm on Facebook all the time. I don't handle- the Florida risk stuff for Facebook. That's just my preferred platform for anything. Eh, probably LinkedIn just as much as Facebook. But what ends up happening is it, by having little dog handle all of the like business and stuff, I can just like, make smart comments or whatever interacting with people. Um, I think that's huge. The second thing is I pay $1,600 a month for an office 55 minutes away from here so that I can have a Google My Business listing in that part of town. That's literally the only reason I've opened the second office because I know that's where the future is. 
for us as an agency. Um, it's I think crazy out here, dude. Crazy amount of houses being put up. Like, I know, and that's why you know we're we're going ninety to nothing in that area right now. Yeah. My third thing is really a question: Are there that many people typing "furnace" every day that they misspell insurance because the muscle memory in their fingers are used to typing "furnace"? Well, and, and I'm, I'm interested in that because doesn't it like auto correct it pretty? Like anytime I type something wrong, it'll just or, or is it depends is on it what you're on. It? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but I'll tell you, Google, true, yeah, yeah true, true story. I actually used to make a lot of money going into eBay and typing what I thought would be a common typo in an item listing. And I would find really good deals on stuff because the person had had a typo when they in the title when they listed it and it wasn't getting any traffic. Nobody could see it because it wasn't mm-hmm. there. I actually yeah. had a little bit, had a bit of a side hustle where. I would buy Ro- Rolex watch components and then assemble Rolexes and sell them on the side. So I bet you would. Just a little hustle that I had going on. Just walk going down, about- walk down the street in your pea coat and open it up. No, nah, I, I didn't. Didn't have that much inventory I was carrying at a time, but you know, I did that for a couple of years. I had a buddy that had a jewelry store that was in the business, and uh, I could just go get the component parts, throw him a little coin for making, you know, assembling them, and then I'd relist them on eBay. You know, and then if you'd have um, Scotty next door, you know, with his pit bull, I mean, you'd have security right there. He's too busy banging heaters and throwing them in my yard. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Scotty. Scotty, Scotty would be blown away if he knew he was even mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> what a crazy story Scotty is. But anyhow, I mean, I think that, you know, I think that that's a huge point. So not to interrupt, but carry on. You were talking about Google My Business, and I couldn't agree with you more. And I do think it's interesting that you pick up on that. Um, cause that's something that I noticed years and years ago, um, that you can use to your benefit. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, and then onto the Google, my business, you know, are, are you on the three pack, right? So if somebody types in auto insurance and your town name is, you know, are, are you on the three pack? Are you on the three pack map listing? If not, what can you do to get there? Um, how many Google reviews does an agency have? Um, is it one, is it 50, is it a hundred? Um, that plays in, that plays in. And if you don't know how to get them, um, you know, we, we can help with that. Um, and then what happens if you get a negative review, right? If you get a negative review, do you, do you need to craft a response to that? We help write negative review responses. Um, and then also on the positive reviews, are you responding to those people who took time out of their day to give you a nice positive review? Um, you know, we have systems in place to help to make sure that those people are, are being responded to as well. So Google My Business is, is very important. Um, whether And then on the other platforms, we help agents with LinkedIn. They don't have a LinkedIn presence. You know, they're, I, I talked to a guy and he's like 65 years old, but on LinkedIn, he's 32, right? Is uh, I'm like, this is not what you look like. You know, you need to update your picture here on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, and, and, you know, claiming the company page is important and making recent updates is very important. So LinkedIn is also a great place to play. Um, you know, YouTube. Now, um, we, we write, write, do videos and, and do YouTube for them as well. Um, I think YouTube is another underutilized platform that we can use. Instagram, of course, is very good. And I have a great story about Instagram, actually. So we were working with an agency and um, they called me and they were so excited. They were like, Danielle, we just have to tell you this. This is so great. They said, we just got, we just signed um, a lady who has um, nine um, different areas of dog walkers in, in, our, in our town. So she has nine different locations of dog walkers. And um, she says, we just wrote her business. And I was like, oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I like dogs. I like dog walkers. That's great. He's like, but do you know what's even more exciting? And I said, what? He said, the reason that we wrote their business is because she called and she said, thank you for paying attention to my Instagram. You guys have liked and commented on my Instagram post for the last three weeks. And I just think it's so nice that somebody takes part in my business that I want to call you and I and I want to move all my insurance to you. Now, nobody in the agency was doing that. That was us here at Little Dog, right? So we were going in, we were liking, we were commenting, we were saying nice things as the agency, and um, and that turned into them writing that policy. So we've done that for um, in the in the craft in craft beer industry. I mean, any industry that somebody wants to target, um, photographers, yoga studios, all of those businesses. All those people that play on Instagram, um, if you're not, you know, and it, it doesn't have to be 
Um, you know, the, the, Hey, I'm gonna, and David will speak to this. I know he hates this on LinkedIn when you connect with somebody and then you say, Hey, can I write your business? Right? Like, Oh, who hates that? So we do the very soft approach on LinkedIn where we find the account. We like it. We start commenting as, Oh my gosh, those dogs are so cute. Or this is a beautiful sunset or whatever that might be. We do the slow, warm approach, and then when it's ready, then we can either ask for the business, but usually that person or that business is reaching out to the agency saying, hey, listen, you're paying attention to me. I get it. I, I want to do my business with you. So um, so all of our approach is not the approach of um, you know, connect with you on LinkedIn and then send an automatic message about how we can save the day. So that's, that's, we, we don't like that approach and we don't, we don't do that, but it's worked time and time again on, on Instagram. And, um, I, I love to convert business from Instagram. It's one of my favorite things to do. I can tell you that my wife absolutely loves it when I get an automated LinkedIn solicitation within seconds of <laughs> connecting with somebody. She loves it. There is no quicker way for me to lose my mind than if somebody says, hey, you know, checked out your profile. Like they took the time, right? Hey, I checked out your profile, would love to connect. Now, I know if it's automated or not by whether or not it has my middle initial in it because my LinkedIn profile says David R. And if they say, hey, David, checked out your profile, highly likely I'm going to accept a connection from that person because they didn't just use a token to pull David R. out of, out of my LinkedIn profile and market to me. You hit me up with "Hey David R." The first thing I am going to do is just light you up, like immediately. <laughs> I love it. Like light me, like I am. I'm gonna say, "Hey, let me." Yeah. Well, I'm not going to connect with you. Let me give you an hour's worth of reading in terms of free advice on how you should be marketing. No, but I'm gonna tell you. People, listen to what I'm getting ready to tell you because this is worth its weight in gold. LinkedIn is a polluted pond at this point. It is. It is very difficult to market on LinkedIn compared to where it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. I actually was a very, very early adopter of LinkedIn. I've been involved in LinkedIn since the early 2000s. And so I've I've not always been as active as what I am now or whatever else. So I've seen the progression. And here's what I know. We have two choices. We can look at LinkedIn and say, eh, polluted water, I'm not jumping in at all. I don't want anything to do with it. I'm sick of LinkedIn. So everybody else must be sick of LinkedIn. Or... You could do what David does, just do a freaking cannonball right into the middle of the polluted pond. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it because in my mind, this is no different than competing against other agents at the closing table, right? If I'm going to compete for somebody's business, I want to do it in an environment where it's very easy for me to make myself look different. And when LinkedIn is as jacked up as it is right now, I can look like an absolute superstar if I just stay the course. Now, I put a lot of content out there. I don't ever reach out to anybody to try and sell them. I don't reach out to anybody to try and even get appointments. I never have to, right? Because mm -hmm. they reach out to me. And that's really sort of, you know, we could go all the way back to the first episode of this podcast when we had Bernie Borges on, my good friend who wrote the book, Marketing 2.0, but it's about your online reputation and how much you're interacting with people and doing so in a meaningful and sincere way. And what I mean by that is this, when I interact with somebody on LinkedIn, it is usually to congratulate them on a reward or a promotion. Like I've got an HVAC contractor that I have been going after now for about a year. It's a large account. It's right in our wheelhouse. And I know I knew from the beginning, this is one I'm going to have to slow play, but they're constantly getting recognized for exemplary performance and all of this other stuff. And I'll like, I'll interact. Now, I don't do it too much. I understand there's a balance. If I'm Johnny, like every post, and I'm an internet stalker and I'm probably not going to get anywhere with it. But <laughs> if you if you limit it to like interact with one or two posts a week, maybe send a, a personal note once a month or once every couple of months or whatever. But I take it a step further because I want them to understand that it is a sincere gesture on my part and I'm a real person. And I use LinkedIn voicemail from the LinkedIn mobile app. So when I send that message, I could say, hey, look, congratulations on being dealer of the year. This is like the third year in a row for you. Really proud that you're representing our region so well. I will, I'll, I'll type that and send it to them, but then I'll immediately follow that up 
with a LinkedIn voice message saying, hey, I just want to let you know I really did type that post. I'm not some bot that's just sending things out. <laughs> I'm happy for, happy for you, proud of your company, and just wanted to let you know I really enjoy following everything you're doing. It's been awesome. What's in that for me? Absolutely nothing right now. Other than you do feel pretty good when you compliment somebody or you recognize their achievement. But what's really in it for me is, holy cow, that guy took time to congratulate us, but then wanted to make sure we understood that he took that time. So he took even more time and left us the voice message. That is a trick that many people don't even know about. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you listen to this podcast or you have listened to it, I may have just given you the best tip for 2021 right out of the box. Learn about LinkedIn voicemails and use that. Period. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. There are so many avenues on the social media front that need paid attention to that, you know, if if you, if somebody's not paying attention to it, then you're just going to get trampled because somebody else is going to be doing it, you know? So I think social media in 2021, your digital footprint, um, anything, and really anything that your agency needs. I mean, agencies will say, hey, I, I'm, I need a flyer. I need a flyer to go to a presentation and I don't have time to make it. Can But here's, you know, here's my scribbled notepad. Can you make this into something good? And they send it over to us and we send it right back to them. I mean, it's, um, I, I think, you know, whatever is in your wheelhouse, whatever you want to accomplish, it's up to you to do it, right? It's up, it's up to that agency to figure out and say, hey, I need to do this. And if social media is a part of that and you can outsource that to somebody like us who knows what they're doing and understand that, hey, LinkedIn voicemail is working right now, but is that still going to be a feature in three months after you get used to that? Maybe they'll take it away. Maybe they'll change it. Maybe the dashboard will change. You know, somebody has to be understanding what's going on in the social media world, how the analytics work, how everything works together for your agency to make that grow. And that's, I mean, that's just... 2021 for you. You know, I mean, that's that's what you have to do. If you're not investing in social media, if you're not investing in your digital footprint, if you're not taking part of that, then, you know, there's going to be other cold blooded killers out there who are going to do it. You know, well, right. what I just heard was that if you can't figure out how to get it done, Danielle laid the gauntlet down and said, send it to us, challenge right. us. I never even thought about sending you guys graphics before. Well, yeah. guess what? I'll send them to you now. That's there that's for sure. You know, in um, I, I think that the, just the matter of having convenience. Here's here's my problem with insurance agents, and I'm not going to drag you into my private hell with me, Danielle, because <laughs> you you have to work with these people. I, I I just work alongside them. Agents are cheap. They don't get it right. And, and listen, don't agree or disagree because a lot of people are going to hear this, and I don't want to I don't want to tarnish your rep your your pristine reputation. You guys are cheap people. You don't understand what your time is worth. And here's here's what I heard. For $300 a month, you can manage three of my social media profiles for me. How much time would it take for me to do that? Let me take that and divide it by, you know, $300, okay? Yeah, it's not even and, close. And if I make more than that per hour, why am I screwing around with it? Right. You know, we get so caught up in trying, like, it, it just, it blows my mind. People are so scarcity mindset driven. They don't look at it with an abundance mindset. And in order for me to have any level of success, to be able to support producers or to be able to go out and work in killing commercial or even to have fun on the podcast to have people like you on and do talk about things that are changing the way our industry does business. I wouldn't have time for that. It would literally be with all the stuff I have going on. I, number one, I'd have to cut like two or three things out completely that wouldn't even exist. Mm -hmm. And even then I would do a marginal job because what's the first thing I'm not going to do? Eh, screw it. I'm not posting to Facebook today. Right. And then it becomes a, a snowball and then, you know, then it's out of control after it's that. It's like the gym, right? Exactly. We, everybody's batting a thousand for the gym in 2021. Where are we going to be February this time? You know, it only takes one day of not going Kyle. I'm not, to, going, I'm not going back to the gym. Okay. To, I, haven't, to, I haven't been in eight months. Not happening. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, but that's, that's the the metaphor that's always used. It, it just takes one time to not do it. And then it never gets done again. People. Yeah. I, I just, I don't, I don't even know what to tell you. There, to me, there's no better solution, more cost-effective solution, easier people to deal with, easier people to get along with. They're, they're, they don't exist. So I'm going to wrap this up. 
because we're getting close on time. But Danielle, I want you to tell everybody how to get a hold of you, where to find you, um, and all of that, because I know people are going to want to reach out. And if you don't, shame on you. I will club you like a baby seal. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would never club a baby seal, but I would club you if you don't call her. So, yeah, the best way to call us, uh, of course, go on our website. It's littledogsocialmedia.com. Um, my, of course, you can always reach me by my cell. That's um, 301-876-3779. And uh, my email address is danielle at teamwillets.com. So, um, and they should be able to find out all that information. You can hit me up on LinkedIn um as well so and there's there's lots of ways to reach out and um and then if you do decide to sign up it's really easy we're really quick to get everything turned around um there's not a waiting period um if you say hey sign me up we're usually uh, getting access to platforms and writing content um, within a couple hours so um nice. we have a healthy staff um and um by that i mean we're well staffed and and they're also healthy healthy that they don't have COVID. so uh so you know we have um lots of room for growth and um and we're just looking forward to helping agents in 2021. so i'd like to thank david and kyle for having me on this has definitely been a pleasure and um and of course uh we all love dogs so we're we're we're, we're a great match because we you know we're the, we're the dog people that's listen right. let me tell you something too and i'm going to wrap it up with this if you want to talk about fast my goodness i got a notification that we had a positive review left for us on Google. I fumbled around with my phone for a couple of minutes trying to figure out how I could get there to respond to it. Decided I'd get up and go to the living room. By the time I, or the, the office from the living room, by the time I got into my home office, little dog already had the reply up. I, I mean, it go. was literally like five minutes from the time I got the review. So people, don't stress over this stuff. Just outsource it to somebody that's better than you. <laughs> seriously with that we're gonna wrap up danielle thank you so much for being on always a pleasure to talk to you so glad to have you in our corner and honestly we sincerely thank you for everything you've done for florida risk i know that we would not have been able to grow at the rate we have without having you on our team so it's very much appreciated awesome thank you very much absolutely have a great day thank you. see ya you've been listening to the power producers podcast you can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.